It's Wednesday, April 13th. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. The CDC has updated its COVID-19 travel restrictions after a new order from the Biden administration extending mask mandates. COVID positivity rates are creeping up in Baltimore and across the state, but so far no renewed mask mandates. Governor Hogan signed a host of bills into law as the 2022 legislative session came to a close. The deaths of three Baltimore firefighters earlier this year have now been ruled homicides. And the debate over banning plastic bags in Baltimore County is heating up as council members are coming down on opposite sides of the issue. It's the Daily Dose from WYPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. The Centers for Disease Control announced two COVID-19 travel-related updates today based on close monitoring of the pandemic landscape in the U.S. and internationally. The CDC reports the Biden administration is extending a mask mandate for airplanes and transit for 15 days. The mandate was set to expire after April 18th, following a one-month extension announced in March. TSA will now extend the Security Directive and Emergency Amendment through May 3rd. The CDC reports the Omicron subvariant BA2 now makes up more than 85 percent of U.S. cases. It is continuing its recommendation that you not travel until a full five days after your last close contact with a person infected with COVID-19 but it advises it is best to avoid travel for a full 10 days after your last exposure. The state's COVID-19 positivity rate has gone up again, according to data from the Maryland Department of Health. It surpassed 2.5 percent. 135 people are hospitalized, a drop of 11 patients. We should note that hospitalizations are a trailing metric, which means they tend to change more slowly than the positivity rates and cases. Six more people have died of COVID-19. In Baltimore City, which has usually held stricter COVID-19 guidelines than the rest of the state, cases have also gone up. Health Commissioner Dr. Letitia Jaraza told reporters today she's keeping an eye on the rising metrics, but says the transmission rate and hospitalizations remain low and officials are not yet planning on re-implementing an indoor mask mandate. The 444th session of the Maryland General Assembly came to a close at the stroke of midnight Monday. Governor Larry Hogan and General Assembly leaders gathered in the State House yesterday for the traditional post-legislative session bill-signing ceremony. WYPR's Callan Hansel-Suddeth reports. Governor Larry Hogan applauded lawmakers for working together the last 90 days. Unlike... Uh, just down the road in Washington, uh, where there seems to be more divisiveness and dysfunction, that we actually can come together in a bipartisan way to change things for the better. Among the 79 bills signed today, three are focused on accessible mental health support, something Senate President Bill Ferguson said he thinks is especially vital during COVID. Truly, it is the the most important impact post-COVID is going to be how this experience has impacted each and every one of us and how we see the world and how we view our future. Lawmakers now turn their attention to the campaign trail ahead of the July primary elections. For WYPR News, I'm Callan Tansel-Suddeth. Lawyers for Republicans challenging the state legislative redistricting map adopted by the General Assembly in January took their arguments to Maryland's highest court today in hopes of having the map thrown out. The map was last upheld by retired Judge Alan Wilner. 
who said there was not compelling evidence to support Republican complaints that the oddly shaped districts in the map amounted to gerrymandering. Republicans today argued Wilner's decision was in error. The court is operating under time constraints for a decision, as the deadline to file to run for office is Friday, and potential candidates need to know in which district they're running. Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott announced today an investment of $10 million in American Rescue Plan Act dollars to expand a community violence intervention ecosystem. Scott framed the ecosystem as part of a public health and community-based approach to prevent and respond to violence. He also said it will, for the first time, focus on offering victim services, including housing, employment and emergency relocation for those experiencing trauma and recovering from gun violence. For more details on the program, tune in for Morning Edition tomorrow. The deaths of three Baltimore City firefighters in a vacant row home in January, which drew mourners from across the country, have been ruled as homicides. The local Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms says that the blaze was incendiary. ATF classifies a fire as incendiary if it was intentionally ignited or spread into an area where the fire should not be, or the fire was the unintentional result of other criminal activity. Police Commissioner Michael Harrison said the ATF will lead the investigation. It's now going to get the focus of a, of a homicide investigation. Mayor Brandon Scott says this is the beginning of the process that will allow the firefighters' families and the community to heal. We're going to continue to work with them uh, as we see this to the end. ATF says it has identified a person of interest and does not need further tips from the public. The hazards of the city's many vacant and abandoned homes was evidenced again last night. A Baltimore City firefighter was recovering from non-life-threatening injuries today after falling through the floor of a vacant two-story row home that caught fire last night. The blaze broke out in the 1800 block of Asquith Street at around 10.30 p.m. and went to two alarms after spreading to four other row homes. Baltimore City State's attorney Marilyn Mosby is scheduled to be in federal court tomorrow for a pretrial hearing on charges of perjury and lying on a loan application while attempting to purchase two homes in Florida. Yesterday, she posted a three-minute video to announce she is seeking re-election. The Baltimore City Department of Public Works is reminding residents that Good Friday is a city holiday. There will be no trash or recycling collections this Friday, and DPW facilities will be closed to residents and haulers. Trash and recycling collections that are normally scheduled for Friday, April 15th, will be collected on Saturday the 16th. There's a push in Baltimore County to ban or restrict the plastic bags you get at grocery stores and other businesses. Four of the county council's seven members say they favor taking action because something needs to be done to get a handle on the bags that are littering the county. WYPR's John Lee reports. Uh, let's walk down here into the ravine. Rob Freer with the Sierra Club is making his way to a ravine between Reisterstown Road and a Target parking lot in Owings Mills. It's loaded with plastic bags. He's picking them up. It's not even a Target bag, so that made it from somewhere else. There's a plastic bag next to a deer carcass, a gruesome scene of fur and exposed ribs. But there's a big plastic bag there. I'm kind of anxious. I don't know. Maybe I can reach in there somehow. 
I, I want to get it. I can't let that go. Sorry. There's nothing unique about the plastic bags littering this ravine. The Sierra Club estimates that Baltimore County residents use almost one million plastic bags daily. Freer says the vast majority of them are used once and thrown away. Some of it gets uh, landfilled, some of it gets incinerated, and we have the opportunity to breathe that. Um, and much of it, you know, the stuff that ends up on the side of the road, ultimately will break down and will make its way into the, into the waterways. Proponents of bag bans say it's easier to get them passed locally because the oil lobby is much stronger on federal and state levels. Petroleum is used to make plastic bags. First District Democratic Councilman Tom Quirk says the council should consider a bag ban like Baltimore City's or have stores charge you for each bag. In Howard County, each plastic bag costs you a nickel. Quirk believes a majority of county residents would support the council taking action. I mean, are all of them going to like it? Probably not, but you know, it's just changing behavior. It's like go to the grocery store, you know, bring some reusable bags. It just makes sense. Quirk would like to see legislation in the next couple of months. So would Republican Councilman David Marks, who says this is not a partisan issue. It is also a particularly uh, important issue for the waterfront communities. And those are pretty, you know, very conservative areas, heavily Republican areas but they see the impact that this type of uh, pollution is having on our waterways. Republican Councilman Way Catch says he favors banning plastic bags. Democratic Councilman Izzy Patoka says he's open to the idea of restricting them. Two council members, Democrat Kathy Bevins and Republican Todd Crandall, declined to comment. In a statement, County Executive Johnny Oshevsky touted his administration's environmental efforts, but stopped short of endorsing plastic bag restrictions. Democratic Council Chairman Julian Jones says he doesn't see movement on plastic bags anytime soon. Jones says they need to take the time to hear from all sides. Let's talk to the, uh, the retailers to find out, okay, what will this cost? Uh, is there a cost? I don't know. There is a cost, according to Zachary Taylor. He's the director of the American Recyclable Plastic Bag Alliance, which represents the industry and lobbies against bag bans. Taylor says poor people are hit with the cost of paying more for reusable bags or paying a fee. They're the ones who are going to be spending a dollar or two every time they forget their bags. And that can add up pretty quickly, um, especially when food prices are skyrocketing. Taylor says plastic bags can be recycled properly, and the industry employs thousands of people. Baltimore County's recycling program doesn't accept the bags because they jam the machinery. John Lee, WIPR News. We cover the news of the day here on The Daily Dose, but it's also a platform for listeners like you. Got a thought or a story you want to share about life in the era of coronavirus? Leave us a voicemail to play on an upcoming episode. The number 410-235-6060. We've also got a button on the WYPR app so you can record a voice memo that way too. Just tap Daily Dose comments on the app or give us a call. The number again, 410 410- Two three five six zero six zero. We're always happy to hear from you. Have a safe holiday weekend, and we'll be here for you again on Monday. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Callan Tanzel Suddeth. Our digital content director is Jamila Kremple, and our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. 
Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Thanks for listening.